0: So before we get into what you're doing now, Katrina, and what you were doing and studying back in school, I thought maybe we could begin with just a quick overview of the difference between recruiting and human resources, because they're not synonymous. They actually have different functions.
1: Yes. And I know so many people just think of it as one big bucket, and we end up taking it all out on HR, and we shouldn't. So- How I think of it is that recruiting is often a separate team from HR, and recruiting does the outreach. They get handed a pile of job postings, they have conversations with hiring managers, and then they translate that into a search strategy to create what they call a slate, which is a short list of candidates who are qualified. They'll complete that slate using applications, by going out and looking on sites like LinkedIn. Now, here's where the lines get blurred. In small companies, HR and recruiting are one thing. HR handles it all. Typically, there's one recruiter that reports to a VP of HR. In a very large company, HR is very separate because HR is almost the legal function of hiring. They make sure that you have benefits, that your 401k is all set up, and that legally you are an employee, and that we've met all standards that are provided both by your state and federally to make sure that you're safe and that that workplace is a place where everyone can thrive. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Thanks for that. On Three Years Media website, you say every recruiting and HR team needs access to talented writers. We have an essential story to tell, the story of work. Why does every recruiting and HR team need access to talented writers? What's the problem they're facing, Katrina?
1: Well, I think the first layer is the fact that hiring is hard. And I know that that sounds like a Well, duh, of course hiring is hard, (laughs) but the reason hiring is hard is not very obvious. The reason it's hard is because there are a million variables we do not control, right? So we don't control if this person is waiting on a bonus to clear. We don't control if this person's child is about to graduate high school and they can't relocate. I can go on and on about all of those variables, but the one variable we control is how we ask how we tell people about the story. And that comes down to writing. And so ultimately, if you want to make hiring less hard, you have to control the one variable you can. And it's what we say. Ultimately, job postings are how we ask. They're the currency of recruiting. You cannot hire or fire without them. Yet, I have traveled the world at this point. I've taught how to write job postings in 27 countries. And I have met maybe 27 people who have actually been taught to write a job which is insane to me.
0: So could you please break it down for us? What are the essential ingredients in a really good job posting?
1: I think the overarching elements are clarity and the truth. We need to stop overselling work or trying to make it sound really special when it's not when it's just what it is. It's a job that we're describing and we need to give people a realistic baseline of what to expect to allow them to understand. And so a realistic baseline includes three things. One, it tells people the impact of their work. Why are you here? We don't just put people in a company for fun, right? They are there to drive a revenue, to serve a customer, Tell them what that is. Number two, it describes everyday tasks explicitly. None of this collaborate with team members. No, it is input, output. What do you do? What does it cause? And the last piece is the part that's missing from most postings and it's to thrive in this role, you absolutely must know the following things or you must have completed the following tasks before. And I think the reason that last piece isn't there isn't a lack of want, it's a lack of knowledge. Most hiring managers do not have clarity on what they're really looking for. And so, and they're not having great conversations with recruiters that help them clarify that in the first place. So they don't write it down. Huh?
0: So, how do you and your team actually help recruiters and HR teams tell the story of work?
1: I think the first thing, and I tell everyone, this is our competitive advantage, and it's our hiring manager intake. We ask different questions. Look, if you ask someone for a list, they will give you a list. If you ask someone to tell you a story, they'll tell you a story. So if you want the story of work, you need to ask different questions. So we do a lot of hiring manager intake and inevitably, right? We're copywriters for recruiting. People love that we exist. (laughs) So we do a lot of the work ourselves. They call us, they want a library of jobs, and then they want their team to be able to write those jobs. So we come in and teach them everything. From the hiring manager intake to how to research a job title, we have people practice. Inevitably, and I'm kind of giving away some secret sauce here, but truly, I just teach people to write down what they would say instead of thinking so hard. Somewhere, I don't know where, but a lot of people got a block between their brain and their hands and someone told them they couldn't just write down what they think. (laughs) I know, it sounds ridiculous. It does. Right? Right. But people really do. They think so hard. And I'm like, tell me what you would say to me if we were having a conversation. And often, that's exactly what needs to be written down. And I do training so I can remind them to just write it down.
0: How can job seekers know, Katrina, especially young job seekers, college students who are looking to dip their toe into the real world if they're reading a good or bad job posting? And what are the common red flags they need to watch out
1: for? I think there should be some element of universal language. You're very clear on what they mean when they say work with a team to create a database of new customers, right? You should know what that means and be a little excited about doing that work. I think there's another layer that you should always look out for as far as biases. So if it says... This is an entry-level role. We're looking for a new grad. And then all of a sudden, they start layering in three to five years of experience, and it doesn't even seem realistic. You have to understand that that is a portrayal of their culture. Maybe the job posting is accurate, but these job postings, whether they know it or not, are reflections. They are your little peephole into this company. And if they make you feel a certain thing, if they they trigger something in you, know that that is a warning sign, not a, a fault on your part. There's nothing wrong with you. That's real. And so what I would say is, one, you read for your own understanding, read for your own reaction, maybe ask a friend to read it and tell and ask them, what do you think this person does every day? And if you're not on the same page, that's probably a red flag.
0: I think I knew this subconsciously, Katrina, but it didn't hit me until I was a lot older. The job titles are all made up. And I know when I... I was on the market looking for jobs in a variety of industries. There were so many times when I didn't understand what various words in the job posting meant, and I felt like I was supposed to understand them, and it was a failing of mine. But the truth is, I wasn't going to find the answers in a dictionary or by Googling them. So what should job seekers do when that happens to them?
1: like you said job titles are completely made up and i want to reemphasize that unless you work in a medical field or a highly licensed field legitimately at some point someone decided what your name would be with very little research so just know that first and foremost, like you said, you cannot Google it. There is no universal bank of knowledge, etc. But what I would tell you is that if you really want to understand what job titles work for you is to type in the job title you're looking at and the word resume on Google, hit enter, and then go to the image search results and look at those career paths. I find this fascinating. And it's research that you could never get at scale if you went out and asked 100 people because it would be a lot of long conversations. And so what I suggest is you look at what was their first job? What was their second job? Read the description underneath and understand broadly what jobs like that do. Here's the other piece that that can open your eyes to is job titles you've never considered, right? We were talking in our special shots about different titles for entry-level marketing. And I think back and it's like, really, it could be anything. You could be a social media ninja like I was at 22, or you could be a marketing associate. But just look to understand the full scope. And it also informs your search because now you have more job titles that you can search in your area to see if they're a fit for your skills.